copyrighted program created by Rio Grande. Welcome to the police calling all cars. Attention all cars. Broadcast 183 regarding a bank robbery. Number one suspect described as American about six feet. Weight 170 pounds. Number two described as American about five feet four inches. Weighs about 180 pounds. The short bandit has a deep scar on the side of his face. That's all. Rolls and quits. gasoline tomorrow. Will you buy from habit or convenience or just wherever your gas tank runs low? These are expensive habits. They cost you money, rob you of full motoring pleasure, and shorten the life of your car. Select the finest gasoline your judgment or your sources of good information can recommend. Keep your motor tuned to this brand. Select the brand chosen by the best authorities on gasoline, those to whom the finest gasoline is an absolute necessity. The drivers and buyers of gasoline for police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and emergency equipment. They drove 55 million miles last year with Rio Grande cracked gasoline. Who knows more about stopping and starting, idling in traffic, driving long economical miles, and the sudden bursts of racing, flashing speed? More police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment is powered by Rio Grande cracked gasoline wherever it is sold than any other brand. This is the most valuable endorsement, the most conclusive proof of gasoline superiority that has ever been presented to Western motors. If you are not already getting police car performance with Rio Grande cracked gasoline, tomorrow is the time to stop. For summer driving, get the increased power, the added mileage, the police car performance that only Rio Grande cracked gasoline can give. See your neighborhood independent Rio Grande dealer tomorrow. to present Commissioner Ray Kleinberger of the Los Angeles Police Commission, Commissioner Kleinberger. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. In a recent address before a group of law enforcement officers, J. Edgar Hoover, head of the United States Department of Justice, said, crooked lawyers and crooked politicians find easy going when citizens are indifferent to the affairs of their city. If we're going to have a victory over the underworld, we must have the cooperation of the public. That statement applies as forcefully to any city in this country. We, law enforcement officers, are making an effort to settle more cases on the basis of innocence or guilt, and fewer on the eloquence of the criminal lawyer, also the money behind crooked politicians. I'll be back at the end of the program to give you a few highlights on tonight's story. On an afternoon in March 1933, a coupe rolled along the highway north of Seattle, Washington. In the rumble seat of that car, a man, unconscious, bleeding, lay handcuffed. The man in the rumble seat was custom officer E.L. Ballinger. Half an hour earlier, he had come across the coupe parked near the highway north of the city. Uh, what are you doing here? What's it to you? Whose guns are those on the seat there? Mine. Okay, get out. You'll have to go back to Seattle. <laughs> nice work, Pete. He didn't know you was behind him. Yeah, well, what will we do with him? Stop him in the rumble seat and get going. All right, give me a hand here, will you? Okay. Much heaven. You're telling me. There we go. Now, in with him. I slammed down the lid. 
Yeah, we're going to have to slug this guy. Yeah, how come? That's the only way to keep his mouth shut. And that he can't squawk. I hit him before he got a good look at us. He'll still be groggy when we dump him out. How's he going to identify it? Just the same. I don't believe in taking chances. First good spot I come to him, I'll let him have it. I want to get it over. Yeah, that's the way with you young fellas, all right. You want to get it over and swing for it? Hmm? I got a better plan. Listen to me, son. You drop me off in Seattle. I'll get my turn and catch yourself a time. We'll switch this bird to my hack. I'll take care of him. You go back to Seattle, get the new car, and I'll meet you in L.A. later on. Well, what if you get picked up? I'm taking the risk, not you. Don't you worry about anything. You'll be driving a new car. You'll be all right. Less than an hour later, Ballinger was dragged from the car and passed carried to another coupe. On and on went the car. 792 horrible, torturing miles south through Washington, Oregon, and into California. Finally to a point just south of the Oregon-California line. There, 200 yards off the highway, Officer Ballinger was left, handcuffed to a tree. Later, in the evening of the same day, State Highway Patrolman Stephen F. Kent and Lester Quigley are repairing Kent's car when from the radio loudspeaker comes a police broadcast. Come on, Les. Get in the car and we'll drive around a bit. Might pick up that guy that pulled that job. Okay, pile in. We'll just drive around up the road. Say, there's a new sedan parked in that blind street back there. Back up and we'll take a look. Sheriff Falkins and his boy turn the next corner to the right. Good. If this bird is the one we're after, we'll meet him. Park here and I'll go over and give him the once over. I'll have to ask you boys to get out. We've got orders to search every car that's like this that shows up. Uh, yes, sir. I'm just a hitchhiker. He gave me a ride now. Right, Tom. That's to you, couple. You get out of that car, that's a haul you out. Oh, yes? Are you asked for it? Hey, you can't get away with that. Yeah. He said I can't. That's right. Feet of punk, another car load of bulls. I'm going to take trouble. I, I, I can't. I'll be scared. Stop. Okay, pal. I got a story to make for a rat like you. I'm not stopping. I'll teach him that, Dad. Too late to do them any good, son. <laughs> was identified as George Hall, ex-convict who had served a term in San Quentin Penitentiary. He admitted being one of the men implicated in the Ballinger kidnapping and informed authorities regarding the possible location of his partner, a man he named as Joe Clark. Our story now shifts to Los Angeles under the jail of a small town near that city. Sergeant, book this man on suspicion of kidnapping. Don't let anybody talk to him without an order from Hanson here or from me. Yes, sir. What's your name? What's the matter? Can't you read? You got it on that slip there. The name's Clark. Joe Clark? Yeah. Okay. Cell 13. 13? Then can't you make that 14? You heard me. 13. Okay, wise guy. 
Someday you're going to find out that 13 is your unlucky number. Ah, get him out of here. Come on, Gabby. Get going. Okay, don't shove me. Right inside. Okay, well, don't get tough. Oh, hey, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hiya, Selma. All right, you two, go to sleep. I don't want any noise, I guess. Okay, sir, you run along and mind your business and we'll mind ours. Yeah, I'll let you, thank you, thank you. Oh, I've been awful lonely, you know, myself. Awful lonely, this is my little bottle All right, all right, never mind getting tummy. Yeah. And blow that breath of yours someplace else, will you? Okay, okay, no, man. No, no, Ben. What's your name? F. Clark. Now, will you get over on that side? Clark. Huh? Clark. That's a swell name. Oh, my name's Edward. Jubel Edwards, they call me. I'm a street carpenter. All day long, I got to listen to women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I get home, all I get Things in my life. All right, all right, Stu. I'm can that status. I'm not interested in your life history. Uh, okay. Sorry, pal. Clark. Oh, yes, well. I was you. My name was Clark, Mr. Edwards. Every time I hear the name Edwards, it reminds me of my wife, and I had to go get drunk all over again. Now, wait a minute, pal. So you like the name of Clark, eh? I sure you. I sure you. Okay, I'll do you a favor. Yeah? I'll make your name Clark. You will? Sure. How? Just give me a book and clip and I'll give you mine. Will, will, will I do? Sure. Come on, give me that clip. Uh, okay, now here's mine. Yeah? Now read for yourself, you see? Your name's Clark and mine's Edward. Well, gee, it's marvelous what we can do with modern age, <laughs> Thanks, Phil. I'll never forget you for this. No, I don't think you ever will. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Taylor. Come on, through. Hey, Taylor, wake up, will you? I've got to get out of this joint. Hey, you drunken bum, stop snoring, will you? Hey, where's that Taylor? Hey, Joe! Taylor! I'm hammering about in here. You want to wake everybody up? Hey, look, be a good guy, will you? I got to get to work. I got picked up on a drunk charge last night, and if I don't get to work this morning, I'll lose my job. All right. Let's see your booking slip. Okay, here you are. Uh, Mel Edwards, intoxication. That's right. Well, Go on, get a bail, Barnesman, and let's get this thing picked up so I can get to work, will you? Well, I'll see. Uh, who's that bird doing the snoring? Him? Oh, he's some bum named Joe Clark, eh? They brought him in last night. Oh, so that's Clark, huh? I got orders not to let anybody see him. Well, come on out. We'll see what we can do about you. Thanks a lot, buddy. Uh, I don't want this bird Clark to get away. Hold him to the federal. Well, come on. There's a guy in the office who might fix you up. Promising to obtain the money with which to repay the bondsman, Clark was driven to an address in the residential section of the city. He went inside, ostensibly to get the money, but Clark simply walked in the front door and out the back door. Again, a desperate and dangerous criminal was at large. Our scene now tips to the office of Captain H.S. Seeger, then head of the robbery and narcotics detail of the Los Angeles Police Department. Men, I'm not complaining about your work. You've all been loyal and efficient, but you've had four bank robberies in five months. And so far, we haven't the slightest clue to the identity of the bandits. All we know is that one of them had a bad scar. 
Now, I feel that the reputation of the department is stake. We've got to do something. Well, I got a tip the other day, Chief, that might mean something. What is it? Well, a rather prominent shyster, I won't mention his name, but he told me he could give us the names and addresses of these Mutton Jeff bandits. What's the catch to his proposition? Well, first, he wants to know the amount of rewards offered. Mm, I thought so. And then he wants an absolute guarantee that both Mutt and Jeff would be killed by the police as soon as we sighted them. What? Yeah, that's what he said. I told him you wouldn't go for it, but I'd tell you anyway. I'll tell the world we wouldn't go for it. Who does he think he is making a deal like that? Yeah, he said he knew a bank they were planning to stick up, and he'll tell us where it is, provided we agree to bump him off. Well, just for luck, keep an eye on that bird. Secret speaking. All right. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's just what we're looking for. Not the streetcar conductor. I just had a run-in with that bird a day or so ago. But wait a minute, Charlie. Okay. Hey, Chambers. Yeah? Was your man named Edwards the one who made you that story proposition? Nope. I just wondered. Hello, Charlie. Hello. I'm sorry to keep you waiting. Just checking up with one of our men. When can we see this uh, friend of yours? Uh, the meeting in half an hour at the Westland Hotel. Sure. What room? I'll meet you at the elevator on the 12th floor. Okay. Half an hour. Right on time, Harry. The room is right around the corner here. How come this first room gets a talk? Seems to have had some sort of a row with Carter. Says he's going to get bumped off. Oh, that sounds fishy to me. No, I think Edward's on the level. Uh, here's his room. Oh, come in. This is Captain Seeger, Police Department. Jake Edwards. Oh, uh, Seeger. Mr. Rule tells me that you have some information about the Mutton Jeff family. Yes, I have. How do you happen to have this knowledge? Well, I used to work for a crooked lawyer named Leopold Carter. Are you still working for Carter? No. How does it happen that you know so much about this game? Well, it's like this. Here's a sentence. That's Muff, the big guy. Well, he works as an investigator for Carter. They began propositioning me to go on some jobs with him. I pretended to be willing, but always backed out when the time came. Let me some excuse. Well, finally, Carter got suspicious and told me to get out. He offered another fellow 200 bucks to bump me off because I knew too much. This guy was a friend of mine. He tipped me off. Who is this friend? Well, I'd rather not mention his name. Suppose we just call him Sam Collins. Is that okay? Oh, I don't care what you call him. If he can do us any good, he can do you plenty of good if he will. Only thing is, he won't talk to a policeman. <laughs> got no use for coppers. Oh, we'll get around that. Who's this Jeff part of the bandit team? His name's Carlton. Pete Carlton. He's saving his money for some big caper up north. Carlton and Carter and Stanton have been fighting among themselves lately because they claim he's holding out on them. Do you know where Carlton lives? No, I don't. But Carter and Stanton have rooms in a place down near 11th and Broadway. All right. This information is valuable to us, but we've got to have more. Get hold of this friend of yours and arrange for us to talk to him. Come on, Charlie. Let's get back to the office. Back in Captain Figure's office. Figure, together with Joe Taylor, Captain of Detectives, and Detective Chambers, laid plans for the capture of Pete Carlson, his sentence, and the Chrysler Attorney Leopold Carter. It was told me that uh, Real Carter was in on the sold up gang and that he wanted to get rid of his partner. Now, Chambers, I'm going to ask you a point blank question. Was Leo Carter the man who offered to put up the finger on Mutton Jeff? Yep, he's the man. I thought so. See what you can find out in the files on Carter and on a guy named Carlson. Check up on Trent. See if there's anything in there on Sam Collins. Yes, sir. Uh, Bill Johnson and Guy Beeson and Harry Tash to come in here. Okay. 
Robert, the Dale. Secret speaking. Oh, yes. Fine. Uh, what name did you give him? I didn't. Well, now listen. When we come in, introduce me as C.M. Christensen, special investigator for the Bank of America. You got that? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, sit down, boys. I'll be with you in just a minute. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Christensen. All right. Six o'clock. Goodbye. Okay, boys. Now, here's the job. I want you boys to put a dictaphone in Leo Carter's office and one in Easy Fenton's apartment on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Here's the address I got from Italy. You fellows will stake out in an office below Carter, and we'll send Gerhardt and Burris down to the Broadway place. Yes, sir. Don't leave those places day or night without leaving a man listening. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Sure. Captain Figure. Oh, yes? Mr. Rule is there. He says he hasn't won at 6 o'clock. If you see a man in Holland. Uh, what time is it now? Uh, 5.30. Okay, I'll be right out. Are you loyal to these birds, or are you afraid of them? If I told you what I know about that bunch, my life wouldn't be worth two cents. Well, how are they going to know where we got our information? I don't know about that, but they would some way. Besides, I hate squealers, see? You don't have to tip the police to this gang. I represent the bank, and when you give us the dope we want, you'll be out of it. Nobody's going to accuse you of yelling copper. Yeah, I know, but you guys are afraid of the bulls, whatever I told you, see? You don't know anything, you can't tell anything. So what's the answer? I keep them all shut. Uh, look, Colin, you see these pictures? You know any of these fellows? Never saw them before. Who are they? Well, two of them are the birds we've been talking about. The other one is Carter. Now, that settles. Let's stop stalling around and you tell us a few things. Just how deep are you in with this money? Hey, wait a minute. I'm not in on it, see? Well, then suppose you tell us what you know. All right, you win. Sure, I, I know more. What do you want to know? We want to know where we can find Pete Carlson. I don't know where you can find him. I thought you were going to tell us something. I am, but I'm telling you the truth. I don't know. How did you happen to connect with this mark? Well, I... Used to one little garage up in North Hollywood. One morning while I was working on a car. Yes, there's something I can do for you? Yeah, I need my lights fixed. Okay, lights up. I'll take a look at it. Hey, there's blood on your fender back here. Cut yourself trying to fix this light? What's it to you? You just fix the light. Okay, she's all set. Just a little quiet. Pretty fast worker, aren't you? You, uh, know anybody up north? Uh, yeah, quite a few people was. friend of mine told me to look you up. Said you was a smart guy. Well, maybe. What do you mean, smart? I've had quite a little experience opening banks. Oh, yeah? Thought I'd like to go in business down here. I had a partner up north, but he got detained by some smart coppers in my reach. He's in a jam, he's so bad. I've been told that you and I might get together on a proposition. You got the wrong information, mister. I can't help you. Mm. Nice place you've got here. Yeah, thanks. Little money to fix it up so it looks real nice. I'll tell you what. If you have a friend who'd be interested in my business, I'd be willing to let you have, uh, say, $500 for your trouble. Oh. How's that sound to you? Well, uh, I'll think it over. Where can I get hold of you? Here's a number. It's my attorney in Sacramento. I always have a mouthpiece in every place I work. You just call him and he'll put me in touch with you. Okay, I'll keep my eyes on uh, When did you get lined up with Carter? Well, uh, about a month after that, a cousin of mine from New York took me up to Carter's office and introduced us. I happened to think of Carlson, so I told Carter that I thought maybe I had a client for him. I spent six bucks of my own money phoning that guy in Sacramento to find Carlson. Did you get him? Yeah, a couple of days later, Pete called me and I took him up to see Carter. Did you consider that the connection? Yeah, but I never got the money. Okay, Colin. Now, look, Captain Joe Taylor down at headquarters is a good friend of mine. 
I'm going to ask him to have a couple of the boys stick around to see that nothing happens. Say, I don't want any bulls hanging around. Do you want to have your head blown up by Carlson? Now go on home and watch yourself. Meanwhile, in the office and apartment of suspected attorney and his so-called investigator, detectives were piling up damaging information. They heard robbery after robbery was planned. Then, at 4.30 in the afternoon of the day, weeks later, Officer Johnson placed the hurdy call for Captain Seeger. A few moments later, Seeger, Rule, and Detective Chambers meet Johnson at the entrance of the building in which Carter's offices are located. Cat, they both left the office just after I called you. Uh, let's try the left where Captain Parks is. Uh, he may be on time. Here, wait a minute. Here comes Carter now. Oh, uh, just a minute, Carter. Where are you going? Oh, hello, Seeger. Going to my office, right? Oh, good. I'll go with you. Oh, all right. Oh, enough, sir. Watch your step. Close, please. Five. Five out, please, sir. Well, Johnson, you and Chambers, we're here in the outer office. Your sentence goes up red. Keep that phone girl quiet if any calls come in. Have her put him through as usual. All right, now, Seager, tell me what's this all about. Watch me, Seager. Oh, no, oh, no, you don't, Carter. Oh, yes, Ellen. Nice little 45 you've got there, Carter. Probably would have used it, too. What's the idea, Seager? You can't pull this stuff on me. No, well, Carter, the jig's up. You're under arrest. Arrest? For what? For bank robbery. Bank? <laughs> Go on, Seager. You might put that over on some dummy egg, but not on me. Why, you've got oh, something on me. Show Mr. Carter our microphone. Microphone. You've got microphones here. Oh, yeah. That's one thing I didn't think about. I, uh, I guess I've got a hand it to you for that, Seeker. And through those microphones, we heard plenty. Now, listen. We want to tell. Federal men have identified this picture as a man wanted for kidnapping a patrolman Valander at Seattle. His partner is sentenced to die as Folsom for murdering two officers. So that's the sort of stuff you pal around with, isn't it, Carter? Never mind lecturing me about the morals. Now, listen, I'll make a deal with you. If I can tell you where to find this, this Carlson, where do I get out of it? I know. I'm making no promises, Carter. I don't have to. You're the one on the spot. You know better than to ask that question. Well, where's Pete Carlson? I guess you're right, Carlson. I don't know exactly where he is, but I, I think I can draw your map up. Go ahead, then. Let's see it. All right. You should go out this way about... To here. Then you turn right to the second street beyond the filling station over there. Mm-hmm. You go two blocks this way, and then you turn left. I believe he's in the court right here. Now, listen, will you go easy on me, Captain? Uh, here, Johnson. Get all the men you need. Go out there and stay there until you get called. Take shotguns and tear gas. Get him if you have to smoke him out. Yes, sir. Well, now that I give you the information, Captain, how about it? Will you, will you go easy on me? You know the answer to that, daughter. Oh. You won't play with me, eh, Copper? You think you're tough, don't you, Seeker? No, I don't think I'm tough. But I'll tell you what I think of rats like you. Yeah, rats that go into a bank where unarmed women and, and men are unprepared and unprotected. If I had my way, I'd line you up against the wall and turn a machine gun on you. Yeah, that fine talk coming from a policeman. I, uh, I think I'll remember that little speech, Seeker. <laughs> Thank you.
this is Peter Johnson. Any fight? Okay, bring him down to my office. I'll meet you there. All right, fellas. Let's take this guy sit down and book him. Oh, wait a minute. Here comes Trenton down the hall. You get him, Stormo. Put the bracelets on him and bring him along.
Get police car performance with Rio Grande Crunch gasoline at your independent Rio Grande dealers tomorrow. And again, we hear Commissioner Kleinberg. The splendid work of the officers in this case, all of whom of necessity do not appear as characters in tonight's story, cannot be minimized. It is their right to know that their work has not been in vain. I thank you. Affirmative police calling all cars. Attention all cars. The cancellation broadcast 183 regarding holdup. The second case are now in custody. That's all. Rolls and clips. Good night, Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for Rio Grande.